Friendship is the most important and least talked about relationship in the church. That's what Pastor Kevin DeYoung once wrote. And I think he was right. In the average church in the average year, the preacher will talk a ton about marriage, maybe even about dating, about being a father or a mother, a son or a daughter. But how many times do you hear sermons about friendship? At the same time, though, we all, we all crave it, don't we? We want good friends. People who don't have to be with us because they're related to us, but who, who choose to be our preferred companions. People who know us and yet they care about us, they support us, they forgive us in Jesus' name, they bear our burdens. We all crave the kind of relationship that the proverb talks about in Proverbs 17, where Solomon says, a friend loves at all times. We want friendships like that, and yet at the same time, it's difficult, isn't it? I was giving a presentation on friendship recently and one young woman raised her hand and she said, Pastor, being an adult is hard. And we all kind of knew what she meant. When you're a kid on the playground, when you're going to practice, when the guys are just on the hall in the dorm room, friendship is at least a little bit easier. But when, you, when you're an adult, when you have a job, maybe if you have a family, if, if you're running the kids to practice, finding friends and keeping good friends is difficult. So what can we do to make good friends? How can we take relationships or acquaintances to the deeper waters of friendship? Well, that's what I want to explore with you this week. I want to open up to the Bible passages that speak about friendship and learn what we can do to become better friends and to find better friends. Most importantly, I want you to remember that no matter how many friends you have or you don't, Jesus has decided not just to call you um, his child or his servant or a sheep in his flock. He has chosen by his love and his grace to call you his friend. I hope you can join us this week as we explore the biblical themes of friendship. 338. That's the average number of friends a Facebook user has. But how exactly are we defining friend? Request, confirm, friendship? I don't know, maybe in the social media world, but I'm guessing you want something more than that. You want the, the deep kind of friendship that the Bible talks about. For example, Proverbs chapter 18 says, There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Wouldn't you love to have the kind of friend who would just stick with you even deeper than your own family would? Yeah, me too. So how do we get there? Well, maybe I can share three keys to maintaining and establishing great friendships. Three things to remember if you're craving these kind of friendships that so many of us are. They come from a Marquette psychologist named Deborah Oswald. And she said this, number one is self-disclosure. If you take the risk of being real, if you confess your sins, if you ask for help and unload your burdens on another human being, there's nothing that brings two people closer like need and weakness and sin. Number two is to be supportive. You don't have to fix everyone's problems. You don't need to know all the answers. You don't even have to agree with everything, but just to be there to support someone, to listen deeply to their stories, to actually pray for people. That, that takes relationships to the deep level of friendship. And then finally, number three is simply to work at it. One of the struggles so many of us face in the digital world is that we're trying to keep up with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of friends and never actually make a single good friend. So maybe carve out some of your social media time to focus on those four people, those two people, just that one person. So that at the end of the day, maybe you can find what the Proverbs talks about, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
A friendship is not easy in the grown-up world, but these tips can help us get there and enjoy one of God's best blessings. Do you have to be friends with the people at your church? If you join a Bible study or a small group, do you have to hang out with those people outside of the group? There aren't many things that have caused more confusion and more misunderstanding and done more damage to the local church than the confusion between friendship and fellowship. So let me set the record straight. Do you have to be friends with people at your church, with your pastor, with the people in your small group? The answer the Bible gives is no. The dictionary definition of a friend is someone who is a preferred companion, someone that you prefer being with and someone that prefers you back. We can't force that by sticking people in a living room or in a church. A friendship has to be self-selected. So no, you won't have coffee with everyone or dinner with everyone. You won't take trips or vacations with every single Christian that you come into contact with. And yet there is something that we have in the church that's for everyone and that might even be better than friendship. What the Bible calls real Christian fellowship. I think about the Apostle Paul's words in Galatians chapter 6. He says, As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Can you imagine if, if you went to a church and you weren't the most popular kid in school, but people did good to you? That instead of just being in little circles of friends, there was actual fellowship. People actually one-anothered those one-another passages in the Bible. They, they cared about one another and they listened to one another and they were willing to bear the burdens of one another. Can you imagine how magnetic and how attractive the local church would be if it didn't matter how socially awkward you were, how popular or not, when you walked through those doors, you were genuinely loved because we all shared something bigger than a sense of humor or mutual interest we shared Jesus. I hope you have great friendships. But I hope when you walk through the doors of a church, you would be willing to, you would be willing to push pause on those friendships so that you could invest in brothers and sisters in the faith, so that church could be a sanctuary, so that we could actually have Christian fellowship. I will never forget the guy who was rocking out for Jesus. I was visiting a, a church that was very emotional, very expressive, and there was a guy standing in the front row in his Sunday best, full suit, tie, and bright white tennis shoes. <laughs> but I soon found out why he wore the shoes. He was jumping and celebrating and praising Jesus. <laughs> but before I laughed at the guy, I listened to the song that he was praising. It was a song that said, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. And I realized with those words that this guy was right. Can you imagine not just to be a, a child of God or a servant of God or a disciple of Jesus, but a friend of God? If our working definition of friendship is a preferred companion, that God would actually prefer you? That even if no one picked you, even if no one invited you out, even if you got left off the guest list or the evite, even if you didn't make it to the party or the sleepover, that, that God would prefer to be with you, to call you his friend? You know, back in the day when people wanted to rip on Jesus, they made this accusation. They said, The Son of Man is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But I don't think Jesus wasn't insulted by the insult. He wasn't ashamed to be called the friend of sinners. 
And I love that fact. You have a Jesus who doesn't just put up with you, he prefers to be with you. And so if you struggle with loneliness, if it's a Friday night and no one invited you out, I don't want this to be a small thing in your heart that Jesus calls you his friend. <laughs> Maybe you want to buy a pair of bright white tennis shoes and start to dance and praise and worship because what in the world could be better than the God of heaven and earth preferring to be your companion, preferring to call you his friend? My friend Shane is the worst. Shane is supposed to be one of my really good friends. Every single week, we text each other, we share how life is going, we bear burdens, we pray for each other, forgive each other in Jesus' name. And sometimes I tell Shane that my marriage hasn't had a great week. That there was an argument, a disagreement, a conversation, and that's when I figure out that Shane is the worst. Because you know what he does? He never takes my side. Every single time I tell him, you know, Kim and I aren't seeing eye to eye, he listens and then he always says the same thing. Well, Mike, it sounds like you're being selfish. <laughs> I say, dude, you're, you're supposed to be my friend. But then I open the Bible and I realize that he is. And the Proverbs, when they talk about friendship, a deep Christian fellowship, they say these words, the wounds of a friend can be trusted. Sometimes a part of friendship is being willing to wound one another and to listen. To know that when, when Shane says I'm being selfish, it's not because he wants to hurt me, he wants to help me. He cares about my wife, he cares about my faith, and he cares about my marriage. Do you have friends like that? Who love God's law so much that even if it hurts in the moment, they'd have the hard conversation with you? But on second thought, maybe Shane is the best. Because he doesn't just wound me with the hard conversations, he brings me back to Jesus. I remember one week I texted him and I just felt like a spiritual failure. And I had messed things up with God and, and I knew better and I struggled and I slipped and I fell. And you know what he texted me back? He said, isn't it great that Jesus wins? When everything is said and done, despite all of our failures, isn't it great that Jesus wins? I love having friends like that who don't just give me good advice, they give me good news. Do you think this week you could be a friend like that? A friend who listens, a friend who loves the law enough to have a hard conversation, but at the end of the day, a friend who brings their friend back to Jesus. You know that he wins, right? You know there's nothing in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God, right? You know that you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, the one who loved us, right? And that the best friends don't just laugh with us and have mutual interest. The best friends that a Christian can have are those who love the law and then they give us the gospel. I pray that God gives you and makes you a friend just like that. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here with Time of Grace. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast and we'd love for this podcast to be a blessing to you in the days to come. So if you could share this podcast, subscribe so that every episode ends up in your feed or just leave us a review, we would love more and more people to hear this message so that their lives can be surrounded and blessed by the grace of God. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.